0: Hey guys, this is Frank Ogle, writer of Dead End Kids and No Heroin. You recently heard me on the show to talk about my new book, Dead End Kids, The Suburban Job. Dead End Kids, The Suburban Job follows three former friends who have all been deeply affected by the events of September 11th as they struggle alone to cope with the long-term effects of that tragic day and what happens to them when they find a bag of cash stolen from a local drug kingpin. I just wanted to drop by and remind you guys that Dead End Kids The Suburban Job is currently up for pre-order. For those of you who haven't checked out the original Dead End Kids, The Suburban Job is a fresh start. A new cast and a new place with a new crime. For those of you who love the original series, we've got the entire creative team back together again to bring you more of what you love the first time around. But whether you're a new or returning reader, I think i really dig the new series. If you want to check out Dead End Kids The Suburban Job, be sure to get your pre-orders in at your local comic shop by December 4th. You're listening to The Geek Awakens with Mitch, Matt,
1: Tabitha, Lydia,
0: and Ticket. So we have a small but mighty cast tonight. It's just me and Lydia. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... You know, it is the, just the two of us, but we're going to make it if we try, so... Are we, though? About to find <laughs> out. <laughs> this is true. So, we're going to start tonight with a uh, trailer takedown, and I still need to get on picking about coming up with, uh, like, a sound A soundbite, yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> so, we've got five trailers this week. Uh... Wonder Woman is going to get a buy to the triple threat final round because I feel like sh- this trailer would dominate the others. So uh, we're going to start. The first matchup is the Snyder Cut version of Justice League versus Songbird, which this trailer has been out, I guess, for like three weeks, and I hadn't even heard of it. Until... Yeah, I hadn't seen that one until today either. And yeah. Like a coworker showed me this over the weekend, and I was just like, "Well, I okay, I guess I'll start describing this one." <clears throat> so, Songbird is the pandemic, the movie. Um, in this world, uh, the pandemic's been going on for what, like four or five years, something like that. I'm assuming since they're yeah. on
1: like twenty three yeah, of and, the virus at this point.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> and uh, you know, and it's showing how extreme things have gotten, and all this and that. Of course it's from Michael Bay, because why the F not? Um, not going to lie, when I first saw this trailer, because uh, like I said, I had no idea that it was coming. You know, not, not even an iota. So like props to Michael Bay and team for kind of keeping this under wraps. But, um, but yeah, I thought it was like a parody mm-hmm. until things started getting serious. I was like, oh, okay, this is a real thing. Um, so that is going up against the Snyder Cut. Um, we've talked long and hard about how this does not interest any of us. Uh, this trailer, um, features the song Hallelujah, which I feel like that's a Zack Snyder, like a signature Zack Snyder movie. I feel like he's done that in other movies.
1: Could, could they have picked like a worse version
0: though? <laughs> like, oh, I know. Oh, I know. That,
1: oh, my God. It was, it was difficult
0: to listen to because it was just so flat and boring. Mm-hmm. And my thing with the Snyder Cut is you only got that little bit of dialogue at the very end. Um, Lydia, how about you uh, distribute points first for this one?
1: So I still haven't even seen the original Justice League. And as much as we've talked about the Snyder Cut, this didn't make me want to see it any more than I did when we were talking about it before this looks like 10 pounds of crap in a five pound bag and i'm not the trailer didn't really give you like any idea of what he was trying to do with all the extra stuff he added in however like you said songbird i hadn't heard of or seen until today i saw it on my lunch break actually and yeah at first i was like okay yeah they're making fun of this and oh oh no, this is this is serious and okay, I did not need this much existential dread right now, but you know, thanks. <laughs> so I, I really hope that the movie is not like a precursor of what our lives are going to become. <laughs> but I'd be more inclined to watch it than the Snyder Cut at this point. But it's a close run because of how much I just, I don't need that kind of... Um, Depression in my life right now. <laughs> uh, so
0: we're gonna go four for Snyder Cut and six for Songbird. Okay, so I actually am mirroring you. I wrote that down before you. Uh, um, before you gave yours, but yeah, kind of for the same reasons. It's like as far as a trailer goes, I feel like Songbird did a better job. Uh, mm-hmm you know i feel like i've got a little bit better of an idea of what the movie's about whereas justice league it was just kind of like bad stuff bad stuff bad stuff bad stuff a little bit of good stuff bad stuff bad stuff bad stuff a <laughs> little bit of good stuff um, and if i hadn't seen justice league before i wouldn't have i wouldn't know what they're talking about um, but yeah i'm giving I, and i'm still like i'm this doesn't suggest that i'm excited about songbird i'm i'm not i wouldn't right. not see it but especially when we're living a version of it like that's the kind of escapism that i don't need because it's not really escapism so yeah. but yeah i'm echoing that six for songbird four for justice league so songbird is moving on to the triple threat triple threat final round uh next up is the fresh prince reunion um which is actually i think it was released today on hbo max versus so. tom and jerry um <clears throat> There's not really much to explain either way, so I'm just going to jump right into uh, points. I'm actually going to give Tom and Jerry two points on this one. One because one point because it was just as awful as I expected it to be. And another point for the use of Lizzo's Juice because I really like that song, and that song's now <laughs> going to be stuck in my head for the rest of the night, and I'm okay with it. Um, <laughs> Fresh Prince gets eight points. Uh, I'm a little bummed because this, excuse me, this reunion, it's more of a documentary. It's not like an actual, you know, like reunion, like episode or movie or something Mm -hmm. like that, which is something more that I would want to see. But at the same time, um, it shows a lot of, like behind the scenes footage. It's a, you know, the whole cast is reunited to talk about the series and its impact on society. So while I'm not like itching to watch it, I would happily watch it. So that's where I'm at, Lydia.
1: See, and I'm gonna mirror you this time because, yeah, I, I have to give eight points for Fresh Prince because I, I would like it to have seen it be an actual like reunion episode rather than a documentary style. But at the same time, watching the trailer for this, I could not stop smiling. So, I'm gonna have to find somebody that has HBO Max so I can just watch it. And two for Tom and Jerry because. Can, can we get any worse with the animation to real life like mixture here we we had better mixes of uh styles from like roger rabbit 20 something years ago this is like the, the animation is so awful <laughs> and i wanted so bad to hate it and then the farther it got i started chuckling at things i'm like no i don't want to be happy about this stop that so just for like the little chuckle as it gave me, it gets a point. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, how
0: old did you say that Roger
1: Rabbit was? It's more than that. I don't yeah. know. It's like eighties. I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was nineteen eighty-eight. So it's thirty-two.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I go. I'm gonna go ahead and need my walker right now. <laughs> um. Yeah. <laughs> Makes me feel old now, too. You're you're right to an extent about the animation that, yeah, Roger Rabbit did a better job. That said, I am glad that they went this route as opposed to trying to make them, like, full-on CGI, you know, like, that we got, like, I'm glad that we didn't get the OG Sonic treatment you know that we got from sonic's first trailer right they could have easily done
1: (laughs) (laughs) at the same time though i would have rather seen them do an actual like hand-drawn animation like a roger rabbit style than try to do this like half-assed cgi mixed with the real life
0: right but i mean you know the acting was also half-assed so you know there's that two halves make a whole right
1: (laughs) i mean depends on who you ask
0: Right. (laughs) Um, So, triple threat, final round. We've got Wonder Woman versus Songbird versus Fresh Prince. Um, Wonder Woman, and I almost didn't include this one because I feel like the last time we talked about Wonder Woman, I said that I was done talking about it until the movie came out because I didn't want to know anymore. I just want it in my life. But, you know, this pandemic keeps happening. Um, But we are going to get Wonder Woman in our lives December twenty fifth. It's going to be both in theaters and on HBO Max. Um, I am very excited about this trailer. Uh, we got to see Kristen Wiig in her full on cheetahness. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm ready for this. I'm giving Wonder Woman six points. Fresh Prince gets three. Songbird gets one. Lydia.
1: See, this is where I'm going to have differ from you because last time we talked about wonder woman like the trailer we got then and this one's too i couldn't keep up with because i haven't seen the other ones so i think that kind of knocks it down for me a little bit but at the same time i would much rather watch a wonder woman movie that i know practically nothing about than watch what might be our future in a few years so (laughs) (laughs) uh, i'm gonna say five for wonder woman and then i'm trying to math now
0: four for fresh prince and one for songbird all right so the final score songbird gets two points uh fresh prince gets seven and wonder woman is the winner of tonight's trailer takedown with 11 points which is still a pretty good number since there's still only two of us. exactly exactly with two of us that's a fantastic number so, um, I've got a few reviews to talk about before we get into gut reaction. Uh, so the first one is Exo Man War Number Two. It's out November twenty fifth from Valiant. It's by Dennis Hopeless and Emilio Liso. Uh, so thanks to the pandemic, there was a long break between issues one and two. Uh, but in this issue, Troy Whitaker offers Arik uh, help in being the superhero that this world needs, as exo Man of War deals with a new threat from the Ukraine. Um, So these first two issues were my first real exposure to the character. I think he's shown up in maybe Quantum and Woody or some other uh, series from Valiant that I've read. But that said, I really dig this, like, kind of stranger in a strange land type of vibe that this character gives off, because the character is, like, from the 5th century. Hmm. Yeah, and he gets... Flung into the future, and then comes back into present day, and he's got like this. um, His suit is made of like this kind of like alien that knows everything, which is pretty cool. Um, but I also like I yeah. Uh, (laughs) I also I love the healthy mix of action scenes as well as just the scenes with Ark uh, trying to adjust to the modern world, and also for what it's worth, I don't trust this Tony Whitaker character at all he seems shady af uh, so out now from image by steve orlando and uh, david uh, david tinto is commanders in crisis number two so uh in this issue we see the end of price fighters earth uh meanwhile seer and Origina- originator uh try to solve empathy's death while sawbones and frontier tackle a threat in oregon Uh, I didn't mention this when we talked about the first issue because I didn't want to spoil anything. I thought it was kind of a big moment for the issue, but now that we're in issue two and everything, I feel like it's safe to talk about, but I loved the twist that these characters are all former presidents of their respective earths. Um, like for instance, like Sawbones is the first, uh, Latino American to be president. Uh, you know, Seer is the first African-American female to be president of her, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And even though it's called Commanders in Crisis, I didn't see the twist at all. I didn't make the correlation between Commanders in Crisis and Commander-in-Chief, and, like, when it happened, like, I kind of, like, felt dumb, but I was like, oh, that's really cool. (laughs) But uh, that said, uh, I think that this book just continues to impress me. Uh, I love the storytelling and we kind of saw a more personal side of Prizefighter, uh, both dealing with his, the death of his earth, as well as, you know, how he still is dealing with that. Um, And I really hope that we get to see the same kind of thing with the other characters. Uh, Also out now from vault uh, is dark interlude. Number one, it's by Ryan O'Sullivan with art by Andrea uh, uh, Muddy. So, this is not quite a sequel to Fearscape in where in which dark creatures from a world beyond our own have us locked in a crisis of infinite sequels. Uh I honestly forgot about Fearscape and I know that we talked about at least a couple of issues of this book if not the entire series. But um but it also reminded me just how much I loved the unreliable narrator that we had in Henry. Um I think that like there were a couple times in this issue where they break the fourth wall, and sometimes that can be a little jarring, that can be you know a little forced. But I didn't feel that with this. I felt that it really added to the story, um, and I thought that it was just I, I thought that it was really really well done. But as the as it suggests, it's not quite a sequel, but it's enough of a sequel that you'll be doing yourself a favor if you haven't read Fearscape to go back and read that. Or if you're like me and just kind of forgot about it, go back and read it again. Um, But it's still, a dark interlude still reminds you of the important parts so that you're not completely lost. That said, we're going to go into some gut reaction. Oof, Gut reaction. And we are going to start off tonight with uh, Lydia and you've got something about Short Circuit. Uh, I have something. I don't have much.
1: Um, Because, you know, the thing that we need the most in this world right now is another remake of an 80s film. Uh, Short Circuit is apparently actually getting a remake. And about the only thing that we know about it right now is that it is being the screenwriter's board are Eduardo Eduardo, uh, Cisneros. I'm not good at pronouncing Spanish names. Please don't mind me. And uh, Jason Schumann. Other than that, There's nothing on this movie. So, I mean, information or not, I'm going to say that we don't need another remake of a great classic movie, so just stop that. Thumbs down.
0: (laughs) Uh, I'm going to go thumbs sideways because I want to know more. Um, I would be open to a reboot of Short Circuit if it's done right, but... Mm -hmm. It's too early to know if that's going to be the case or not. So Marvel has announced a five-issue miniseries called Avengers Mech Strike, uh, debuting in February. So a new threat threatens Earth, uh, so the Avengers get giant robot suits. Um, so Power Rangers. <laughs> Power Rangers with the Megazord, basically. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um. I 'm giving this a thumbs sideways because um, it gets a thumbs down because I have zero interest in this story at all it just it it just reeks of marketing grab and hey we have the potential to sell toys and stuff uh, but thumbs up because it's a mini series I don't care about therefore it's gonna save me. What three ninety nine <laughs> times five? But the first issue will probably be like four ninety nine, or maybe even five ninety nine. So it's going to save me some bucks because I don't care about it. So I'm happy about that. <laughs> uh,
1: that's a that's a fair reasoning. But yeah, the, yeah, the first couple things that came to mind when you said that was Avenger Transformers, then Avenger Power Rangers, and then the thought of okay, so we're just going to put all the Avengers in Iron Man suits. It, I kind,
0: <clears> I <clears throat> kind of, <laughs> kind of sorta. Of. It's more like, uh, are you familiar with Hulkbuster? Yeah. Okay. It's it's kind of more like that than anything.
1: So we're putting all the Avengers in a form of an Iron Man suit. Basically, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't need this. Thumbs down. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> Speaking of Transformers, uh, Hasbro has announced a mashup of Transformers and X Men in the form of the Ultimate Expanse uh, toy set. So the set turns the X-Jet into a Transformers robot and comes with a mini Wolverine and Sabretooth figure. Uh, It is now available to pre-order from Target. Uh, I did not look to see how much the pre-order cost, Um, but the pictures for this look cool. Um, I am not enough of a Transformers fan to get this, but I still am going to give this one a thumbs up because... Like I said, it
1: looks cool. Yeah, I love Transformer toys. Transformer Transformer, I can't speak. <laughs> it's fine. Um, I love Transformer toys. I uh, played with them for years and this thing looks really cool mashing it up with X-Men. Um, it looks like it is 64.99, but it's oh. showing yeah. I can't see say- I can't tell if it's showing out of stock or just because it's a pre-order. But yeah, it's like $64.99. So that hurts a little bit.
0: Oh, yeah. But
1: overall, I love this and I want one and thumbs up.
0: (laughs) So spinning out of next year's Future State, DC has announced a new series starring Yara uh, Floor, which is Future State's new Wonder Woman. So in addition to the new comic, uh, and the new comic is going to be called Wonder Girl to Uh, avoid confusion with Wonder Woman. So, um, in addition to the new comic series, Wonder Girl is also getting into the CW-verse with a TV show in development. I'm going thumbs sideways because I'm a little worried that they're going too far too fast with this new character. Uh, I get it's exciting. You know, I I believe she's a Latina character. um, And she might take off, but it's kind of like it's one of those things like, we haven't even seen this mini series yet or we haven't seen future State. so i feel like they're putting all their eggs in one basket and what if she flops
1: yeah i'm gonna have to agree with you on that thumb sideways because yeah with no knowledge of how this character is gonna go over like this could be one giant just train wreck yeah and yeah that doesn't sound like a good idea just to throw everything at a character that nobody knows yet.
0: All right. So the last story for gut reaction, Uh, the card game Uno is being adapted into a reality game show. Uh, The series will feature four teams facing off in a quote, oversized Uno experience. Uh, That will include audience participation, physical challenges, and trivia. I'm giving this a thumbs up. I love Uno. Uno is one of my favorite card games. Uh, I feel like they're getting a little extra when it comes to like the physical challenges and everything, but you better believe that I'm going <laughs> to for sure check this series out and probably audition for it.
1: Oh my gosh. All these like game shows that are being based off of like card games and stuff. But this one especially makes me think back to uh, there's a game show called card shark.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I yep. loved that show.
1: Yep. Me too. So if they can pull it off and make it something like that and not make it too super cheesy, then yeah, that sounds like fun. And if, if you audition and get on, I will definitely watch it.
0: <laughs> so, <thumbs> up.
1: <laughs> also get on auditioning.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so um, Lydia, you are going to borrow the baby Yoda news desk from Tabitha.
1: I am. I'm borrowing it from her for her. So let's hope I don't screw this up too bad for her. (laughs) Um, So SpaceX Crew-1, they are um, they launched into space in the Crew Dragon spaceship at 7.37 p.m. on November 15th. And they will be docking at the uh, International Space Station sometime Monday night. But they had a, um, a, a passenger with them they took a Baby Yoda plushie into space with them. But not just for no particular reason. He is their zero-gravity indicator. So he was the indication that they were in Um, (laughs) zero-gravity. Which is just adorable. So I I can just picture Baby Yoda just floating around in space. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But the crew is going to work and live aboard uh, the satellite for about six months so it's going to be the longest uh, human space flight in NASA history so baby Yoda's going to be in space for like six months with all these astronauts
0: this is the best news ever <laughs> um, that's just that's just so like that's, it's adorable and he's in space it, where he belongs
1: he is <laughs> and they have the force on their side just in case something goes wrong
0: So, uh, I saw this story earlier this week, and I thought it was pretty cool. So, Dolly Parton's Imagination Library is launching in Cork, Ireland, Um, which, actually, reading on the article, this isn't even the first time that the Imagination Library has been in Ireland. It launched last year in Dublin. Um, So, this uh, program is going to give... Uh, about 3,000 kids' books. Um, If you're not familiar with the Imagination Library, um, it's set up to where one book will be sent every month to registered kids from birth to age five. Phenomenal program. Uh, It's one of the many reasons why Dolly Parton is too good for us, Um, and it's fantastic that it's getting more recognition worldwide.
1: Absolutely. That is so sweet. I love Dolly.
0: Yeah. So, um, Lydia, you've, uh, yeah, you've got a story about Twitch doing good things in the world.
1: Yeah. So, um, they, that. Uh, words. Words are hard. <laughs> <laughs> there is a charity called uh, Able Gamers, and they're. Um, Goal is to make video games more accessible for all people, and the COO of Able Gamers, Stephen Spawn Spoon. I'm not sure how to pronounce this last name. Say it's S S P O H N. Do you know?
0: S <laughs> P O H N. Yeah. Spawn.
1: Yeah, that would be my mm-hmm. guess. Yeah. So Stephen Spawn, the COO, had a goal to raise one million dollars for this charity for his fortieth birthday. And he had raised just over, like, $150,000 in donations for this charity. And Twitch committed to donate $1 million on top of that to this charity. And um, a YouTuber slash streamer, Dr. Lupo, helped to announce that they were going to be doing this
0: for this charity. That's That's just so cool. And it's like, I feel like every week or so like we've get like these stories about how gamers are ruining the world and they need to get off our lawn and everything like that um but then to see these other great stories to show how you no know, like they can be good people too in fact the majority of them are you know like mm-hmm. it's just it's it's cool it's heartwarming it, it yeah
1: it's also great to see a platform like Twitch um backing something that essentially enables people from all walks of life to contribute more content to that platform.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because by donating to this charity, they are making it possible for people to play video games that may not have been able to before.
0: So, um, Alright, so we all know that 2020 has sucked a lot. <laughs> and uh, it's been mostly conless. Uh, so fans have flocked to Kickstarter, um, and they have raised more than $22 million um, towards funding various comic books on Kickstarter. Uh, it's 30% higher than in 2019. Wow. So the success rate for comic book Kickstarter uh, campaigns is 74%, which is almost twice as high as the average rate across their other categories.
1: Wow, that's a huge jump yeah. just in one year.
0: Yeah, and that is something that like, I've found myself doing. I've contributed to a number of Kickstarter comics over the years, some with people that I know and I'm familiar with, and even like a couple that we've interviewed on the podcast. Um and then, but like others where it's just like, oh, hey, this sounds really cool. And if I got to go to a convention, you know, well, we did get to go to C2E2, but, mm-hmm. you know, but if I were able to go to other conventions this year and this person was at this convention trying to sell me this comic, I probably would have done it, you know, so mm-hmm. I'm going to do it. Uh, but yeah, it's <clears throat> it's been amazing and it's like, I almost wonder, like, especially as we kind of enter this, you know, quote unquote, new normal that, you know, we all talk about and we want to keep, you know, stop (laughs) saying the term new normal, but still, um, you know, I I wonder if this is going to kind of be the future of indie comics, you know, publishers, you know, where it's like, hey, you know, why spend all the money to travel and everything like that and except a con, when I can try to get this funded on Kickstarter. Which, I mean, that's not to say that the Artist Alley is going away by any means. Like, once once conventions come back and are open again and we're able to crowd 7,000 people in a space that's not meant for 7,000 people, um, (laughs) Artist Alley will be just fine. But I think in the interim, yeah, this is kind of an interesting time.
1: Yes, and especially since, like, there are a good number of people that would go to a con myself included that will walk down Otter Alley and intentionally not look at a comic because they don't want to make eye contact with that person because they know <laughs> it's going to start a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a way for the people that, you know, don't want to have that interaction to still support these artists and get new comics published and all these things. So if, if, not if, when cons come back, because they're going to, I don't oh, care yeah. what anybody says, um, maybe it'll be a nice equal balance of both where they, you still get the interactions and all that from the con, but you still have uh, the internet backing you up, too. Yeah.
0: So, uh, Lydia, you've got a story about Tila Tequila. I'm sorry. Uh, Tesla Tequila. Yes. So if Tabitha uh, listens to this, I'm going to get shamed.
1: <laughs> Tesla Um So apparently in 2018, um, Elon Musk played an April fool's joke that Tesla had gone broke. And uh, to further the joke, it was like posted somewhere that uh, Elon Musk was found passed out against a Tesla model three surrounded by Tesla bottles. The tracks of dried tears still visible on his cheeks. Well, they apparently took that joke and ran with it because Tesla tequila is now an actual thing and is now available for you to buy. It is in this really, really cool lightning bolt shaped bottle. However, it is $250 for said bottle. It is only available in the U.S., only ships to U.S. states that allow delivery of alcohol, but alas, it is out of stock.
0: Yeah, I don't. I I don't need this in my life. I really don't. I just want the bottle. The, I the, don't want the key. I just want the bottle. The bottle is cool. I will give you that. The bottle is cool. I don't need anything from Tesla because let's be honest, I'm never going to afford like a Tesla Ink Pen. Um, <laughs> but nor would I want to spend that kind of money on an Ink Pen. But um, but. Like, I'm also, like, I'm not a huge tequila fan in general. Yes, I love me a good margarita from time to time. But, like, in general, I don't need tequila. Especially not from Tesla. I'm good. (laughs) Just... Is there anything this
1: man won't do, though?
0: (laughs) I don't know, man. Like, he's... Yeah, There's, there's eccentric billionaires. And then there's Elon Musk. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so in our second of three uh food stories or i guess tequila is not really a food but it's eh,
1: it's, it's beverage i yeah. it's
0: in there somewhere yeah so cinnabon is releasing its signature cream cheese frosting in limited edition pints uh throughout the holiday season so, uh, it's available at participating Cinnabon locations uh, for five ninety nine. dollars uh, The article that I read didn't specify if you could buy it online. I don't know that you can, um, which is sad because I don't think we have a Cinnabon location here in town. I don't think so. Yeah. Um, but this is also, this is the first time ever that they've released the frosting um, that can be used on inferior cinnamon rolls. <laughs> inferior cinnamon I mean, let's be honest. What do you? Which would you rather have, Cinnabon, or like a cinnamon roll from a tube?
1: I mean, you're not wrong. I just <laughs> just the phrase "inferiors."
0: <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Not gonna lie, I I chuckled to myself when I re- was writing that note. <laughs> so <Hold on>. okay. <laughs> so the last story that we have tonight, uh, Lydia. Are we gonna cook with some Mountain Dew?
1: Do we have to though? I, I really don't want to. <laughs>
0: I mean,
1: because you know that's that's the only thing that you need in your kitchen is a Mountain Dew cookbook. <laughs> like th- that that's all your essential food groups right there,
0: right? I mean, for you know various gamer frat boys, I guess. <laughs> Uh, So, in the
1: running for things that we absolutely do not need, the Big Bold Book of Mountain Dew Recipes is a part of Mountain Dew's 80th anniversary celebration. And the book apparently has nearly 40 dishes that use Mountain Dew in the recipe. Things such as, you know, breakfast... Because, you know, who doesn't want green pancakes with green eggs and ham? Or, you know, salsas and barbecue sauces. Or, you know, you you can make dinner. Because who doesn't want code red brisket or live wire brined turkey? Or, you know, (laughs) pair that up with some Mountain Dew infused pickles. Because that doesn't sound absolutely disgusting at
0: all. I will (laughs) say, though... A Mountain Dew barbecue sauce might be interesting. I will it give It might that. be. Yeah.
1: That was I've... one of the few food things that I didn't entirely
0: cringe about. Yeah. Because I've tried some weird barbecue sauce flavors. Like, there's like this coffee barbecue sauce at this mm-hmm. barbecue spot in St. Louis that I love. Um, and so like, yeah. So like, I could, I could, I could definitely see trying a Mountain Dew barbecue sauce, but. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So then I got down to, to desserts, and I'm like, okay, desserts, soda. Yeah, I could see those things going together. And it says Mountain Dew, cherry and cranberry pomegranate, and I'm like, okay, that you're going good. And then it says fruitcake. Like, nope, you lost it. You failed.
0: Mm mm. Mm mm. I mean, I don't really need fruitcake in my life anyway. Like, let alone like. Exactly.
1: <laughs> but yeah. So. If any of those sound good to you, the cookbook's $30, and it's coming to the uh, online Mountain Dew store for a limited time starting um, two days ago. So November 16th, it was available.
0: I wonder wonder if it's still available. I'm going to look right now.
1: On the list of things we don't need, or at least I don't need.
0: $30 isn't terrible, though. No,
1: but... It's like when we started talking about the uh, garita thing that Red Lobster came out with. Like, th- oh. There are some things that you should just not yeah. mix with Mountain Dew.
0: Yeah, you you right about that. Oh, it's sold out. Is it? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I hate people.
0: <laughs> but you can follow follow them on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook to know when it's back in stock. I'm good. So I don't even know. In the meantime... It's not the same, but on Amazon, for eighteen sixty nine, they have um, Mountain Dew Cookbook, 101 Delicious, Nutritious, Low-Budget Mouthwatering Cookbook. Okay,
1: people, just because there's vegetable oil in Mountain Dew does not mean you have to cook with it.
0: Oh, there's vegetable oil in Mountain Dew, that means it's a vegetable, right? <laughs> no,
1: no, it's not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah we got we got about a week until thanksgiving i can i can get this by sunday so maybe maybe so my family doesn't go- know what
1: yeah not going to Mitch's house on thanksgiving not that no. i was anyway but definitely yeah. not now
0: don't worry i'll i'll make it for whenever you know we can finally see each other in person again great <laughs> i look forward to it <laughs> And this is the last time we ever hear from Lydia. (laughs) So uh, as I alluded to next week is Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving is on Thursdays. And so that means we're not doing a show next week. So we will see you in two weeks time. In the meantime, uh, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, where we'll be keeping up with news throughout the week. Uh, While you're there, give us some feedback. Tell us what kind of cool stuff we're missing out on. Also, um, if you haven't yet, uh, in the intro to tonight's show, you heard Frank Gogol uh, talking about Dead End Kids, uh, The Suburban Job. If you haven't pre-ordered that book, do it. It's so good. Um, But in the meantime, we'll be back in a couple weeks. Shoot us an email at thegeekawakenspodcast at at gmail.com if you have any questions, comments, or concerns. Um, Happy Thanksgiving. We'll see you soon. I normally say everybody say bye, but Lydia say bye. Bye. (laughs) That was really sad. Bye. (laughs)